to the Northwestern Wildcat Playbook Podcast right here on Beyond the Big Ten. My name is Joy Christopoulos. This is the place for your new digital platform for 2023 college football right here at the Big Ten. We are the new home. You can follow me at Joey Sports Guy. Let's bring in my co-host. Now, this is a man of many titles. So he is also a dude who's Fox 32 Chicago's very own. He's former Bears defensive end. You might have remembered this dude ended Brett Favre's career. He's West End Golf Course's very end. But he's here today because he is the Hall of Fame Northwestern superstar himself, former defensive end, Corey Wooten. What's up, Corey? What's up, Joey? How you doing, man? Um, I love this time of the year when football season is about to start and, you know, college season's right around the corner, right before the NFL. Always love these weeks leading up to everything going on with college football. So excited to have football back. I know you are. I know the fans are. Really going to be a great year. Uh, we're counting down the days until we start kicking off and start playing some football. This is the Northwestern Wildcat podcast. We're going to be here every single week breaking down the games. Now, look, this has been a wild offseason, everybody. So if you're interested to hear some of our thoughts and some of the off the field stuff, we are going to talk about it at the end of today's episode. But first, Corey, man, let's do our first segment here, which we like to call kickoff. Uh, and what better than a week zero show than to talk about a little bit of both of our backgrounds and our love for Wildcat football. Uh, you know, we were born we were born and raised in Wildcat Alley. You're from the Jersey area, but Corey, man, you know, for anyone that doesn't know, and I'd be shocked if they didn't, just tell a little, uh, tell a little people about your career background, your bio, and uh, your love for Northwestern football. Yeah, so I was, I was born and raised in Rutherford, New Jersey, right down the street from uh, Giant Stadium, about 20 minutes from New York City, from Manhattan. You can see the skyline from where I grew up. Um, got recruited um, to, to Northwestern from Don Bosco Prep, which is a powerhouse on, on the East Coast. Um, it was my, my high school versus Brian Cushing's high school versus the McCordy Twins high school. That was kind of, you know, the top schools in that area. So really good football there. Played against a lot of D1 guys, a lot of NFL guys. Got recruited to uh, Northwestern out of high school. It was kind of between there and Boston College. Wanted to go to a good academic school. Ended up going on my official visit to Northwestern. Really fell in love with Chicago, the campus, the guys on the team. And I just love the fact that everybody hung out with each other, uh, which some of the other official visits I went to really wasn't like that. So I really liked the team. Uh, I thought I would gel w well there and um, really, really happy with the decision to uh, be at Northwestern. So uh, played five years there, ended up getting drafted uh, in the fourth round, 2010 to the Chicago Bears, played four years there, um, then played a year in uh, Minnesota, then a year in Detroit, and then uh, decided to hang them up after I had my daughter. And um, after that, got into sports broadcasting, real estate investing, and uh, here we are today. Man, men of many titles and now podcast host here for the Beyond the Big Ten Network. Uh, I know what you're thinking, everyone. I'm going to dispel some notions right now. I am six foot one, but you're looking at the shoulders and you're like, I don't think this dude played Northwestern. Well, I don't think he played for the university. Um, it's true. Um, I didn't. Um, me and Corey have worked together for several years, but I'll be honest with you guys. Um, I was baptized with the Cardiac Cats um, back in the <laughs> 90s. Okay, I'm, I'm all familiar with Darnell Autry. Uh, I grew up on Dwayne Bates. I was there for Schnur. I was there for Kafka. I was there for Thorson. I was there for Corey Wooten. And um, I'll tell you right now, nothing better in the world than heading down to Evanston. Uh, my parents would take me. We'd go to this little sandwich shop called Captain Nemo's. We'd go up there into the seats. We'd get our sandwich ready, eat it throughout the game, stomp our feet. Uh, most days we'd had to bring many blankets and several pairs of pants. But um, I've been a Northwestern Wildcats fan my whole life. 
And then funny enough, I go into the entertainment business. So I don't have a university. So the Wildcats have always <laughs> been my adopted, my adopted school, my adopted home. And I'm so excited to talk about this team this year. Um, Corey, that was it for kickoff. I think we're going to dive right into X's and O's. Now, typically, this section here is going to be when we're going to be kind of doing a little bit of a recap of the previous game, but there's no previous game to talk about. So let's do a season preview right here, Corey. And let's just start here first. There's a lot of moving pieces, especially we all know what's going on with the coaching staff, new coaching staff. But I think what's important, Corey, is that these players have been waiting their whole lives to put on the helmet, the Wildcat helmet, and get that out there, play some football, and see some success. And that's what we're going to focus on in this segment here. So why don't you kick it off, man? Like, is there a position group that has you excited right now? What do you think the strength of this football team is right now? Well, I think I think defensively it comes about down to the linebacker core. Um, mm-hmm. Bryce Gallagher, Xander Mueller, they're, they're, they're the bright spots on the defense. They're, they're guys that have performed, especially Gallagher, over his career. I mean, over the past three years, I think he's had 273 tackles. He's been all over the place. Uh, he's looked really great in camp. Him and Mueller, that combo there are really going to set the tone, and they're the quarterback of the defense. So everybody, especially with there being such young guys on the defensive line, um, I, I really look for them to, to step up and make big plays. And you know they're going to uh, use them in, in the blitz game as well to generate that pressure because on the defensive line, I'm I'm looking at one guy, Najee Story, that's a younger mm-hmm. guy. He's kind of the bigger guy up there, 285, really flashed last year. Him and Sean McLaughlin in there are going to going to have that de- defensive tackle position. So, and then you look at the secondary, right? Obvious, obviously, Cam Cam Mitchell um, is is gone this year. So different guys need to step up. You know, Jeremiah Lewis from last year, uh, Coco Azuma. Uh, th- those are guys that really need to step up this year uh, to anchor that secondary. So, you know, it's definitely definitely going to be a team that relies on the linebacking core, and everybody kind of feeds off that. Yeah, just to follow up on that, you know, when you talk about story, I mean, this is a guy who continuously shows that he has an NFL body, right? Year and year, you can tell him that he's putting in the work in the offseason. This is a big opportunity for him. And Corey, when you talk about a defensive line, you know, that did have a guy that got drafted the NFL last year, but they only had two scholarship players in the spring. You're asking yourself, you know, where's the depth and where's the production going to be? So as a former defensive lineman, you know, can you put yourself in the shoes of one of those guys on that team right now when you know you've got two steady linebackers back, back there? And yeah. as you mentioned, that back seven, I think about 70% of them are all returning, you know, and it played exactly. at least eight games last year. So there is some continuity on this team right now, and it's in that back seven. How does that help a young defensive lineman? Yeah, another guy I forgot to talk about, Rod Hurd, real quick on, on, on the back end that was solid yeah. performer, played that star position, that nickel. Um, he, he He's coming back as well. But as as a young guy, you, you got to know that the strength is behind you, right? So be able to get off the football. That's the key thing. And, Joey, we talk about this when we cover the NFL as well. The get off is the key thing. That's what I'm looking at when I watch the defensive line. And half the battle when it comes to defensive line is getting off that football, getting penetration. It makes your job that much easier. So I'm looking for these young guys, especially a, a guy like Story, to get off the ball. Get off the mm-hmm. ball. Focus is that. McLaughlin as well. Get off the ball. Gallagher and Mueller, they will make you right. They're veteran guys. They've been around the world. They will make you right. So get off the football. Continue to trust yourself. Do not be slow off the ball. Something that we've kind of seen these past couple of years creep into that Northwestern uh, scheme. Yeah, and when you look at a team that went 1-11 last year, you look at two major factors, right? The defense, unfortunately, gave up 28.2 points a game. And then their turnover margin was minus 19. 
So, you know, if this team wants to surprise some people a little bit, those two areas is definitely going to be something that, they go, that they're going to want to take a look at. Corey, just really quick, before we move on to the next position group, um, can you just explain for the casual uh, football fan, someone that wants to get into Wildcat football right now, when we talk about them wanting to run a 4-2-5 defense, um, not typically yep. something that you hear about in the NFL, just give us a quick breakdown of what that is. Yeah, so a four a four two five is basically you got four de- uh, down defensive line, you got two linebackers, and then you have five uh, s- members of the secondary. And usually there's like a safety that kind of acts like a third linebacker. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know the fans out there that heard of Buda Baker used to play for Arizona. That was kind of mm-hmm. his role in that he was kind of that safety that played a little bit of linebacker, and that's what they're looking for for a guy like Rod Hurd potentially to be able to play that role to be able to do a little bit of everything to cover in the back end be in run support and and still still be able to do it the nickel any of the other positions as well so that's what the 425 is um and it relies on that athletic secondary and a guy that is physical that can play the run as well Corey, um name me a position group that has you a bit concerned right now or maybe just a, a position group that has a lot to prove heading into this season yeah, uh, I, I think it's got to be the defensive line. You know, you, l- you look mm-hmm. at, um, you know, who, who who they don't have on the team anymore. Ar- arguably the hottest prospect in the NFL draft, uh, Adetame Adabare. Um, he was absolutely buzzing. He blew up <laughs> You got the, the name right. I wasn't um, going to do it. I was scared. To, I was scared to pronounce yeah, the name. I'm so glad that you did. Exactly. So so it's big shoes to fill there. He was, he was their uh, leading pass rusher last year. He was a leader out there. So... Yeah, Najee's story, this this is going to be a huge year for him to step up. He does, like you said, have that NFL type of body, but it comes down now to taking the next step, right? And uh, for a lot of these guys, it's about taking the next step. Even a guy like Bryce Gallagher, right? He's been a consistent performer, but show them that he's one of the best in the Big Ten. Yeah, the defense has been something that, you know, Northwestern football has been able to hang its hat on in years past when it's had success. You know, this year it is going to definitely help them keep themselves into some games. Let's move over to the offensive side of the ball, Corey. Um, Major change pretty much across the board. Um, Where do you want to start? What has you most excited right now about what this offense could possibly look like? Let's start about the the quarterback, because I don't think they've actually named a specific starter yet, but I have an idea that it's probably going to be Ben Bryant. Uh, Break some news. Break some news, Corey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I, I don't I don't I don't want to I don't want to go before it gets announced or anything, but I I would put my money on it that he's going to be the starter day one. I mean, you look at his career, what he's been able to do at Eastern Michigan, Cincinnati last year. It's a huge upgrade. And. That's the position. When you look at Northwestern, the years that they've done really well and the years that they haven't, it comes down to the QB position, right? The Q- from Mike Kafka to Brett Bazinet, um, you know, Zach Kustak, all the way back there, Clayton Thorson, um, you know, when they were winning Big Ten West titles, um, Trevor Simeon, Kane Coulter. It comes down to the quarterback position, and I think they finally have a guy that can lead them to the promised land. And um, so I'm, I'm, I'm looking for Ben Bryan. He has the experience. You know, I'm I'm looking at at his tape from from Cincinnati last year, and especially because Tyler Scott, right, a guy that got drafted to the Bears local. Uh, yes, dude. He 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 threw some absolute dimes last year. He you know it's definitely going to be an upgrade. You know, 21 touchdowns, seven interceptions, was pretty efficient in there, and that's what Northwestern is looking for: a quarterback that has been around, has seen things, that's been in. He's played two full seasons. This will be his third right here. So I think it's going to be a huge upgrade at the quarterback position. 
Yeah, when uh, when Brian transferred, I started looking up some tape on him, and I was like, where have I seen this dude before? And, oh, yeah, that's right. He's getting the ball into Tyler Scott's hands, and then Tyler Scott's taking it to the house. So, Corey, man, I got a quick stat for you. And you know what? Like, I know that we talk a lot about fundamentally, you know, defense at Northwestern, but there is a particular factor that when they do have a quarterback who can make a functional offense happen, good things happen at Wildcat Alley. So over the past four seasons, Corey, Northwestern has had 11 quarterbacks. Um, the most success that that, that's been had at the position has probably been the 12 touchdowns and eight interceptions from Peyton Ramsey in 2020. Um, but combined in that span, the quarterback position is only thrown for 29 touchdowns and 46 interceptions. And when you talk about a guy like Ben Bryant, I mean, you mentioned some of the stats right off the bat, but you know, last year, just for Wildcat fans to know, you know, he had eight games of multiple multiple touchdowns in a game. He had five games of over 290 passing, six games over over 60% completion percentage. We're not asking him to light the world on fire, right? We're asking him to get the ball, move the chains a little bit, and try and get the ball in the hands of some playmakers of some transfer guys that have come over. So, Corey, when, I, when you say Tyler Scott, and I talk about getting the ball into a player's hands, and all of a sudden now you see a guy transfer for, over from Michigan named A.J. Henning, who's a bit of a slot guy, I, mm-hmm. Do you think maybe that's the type of combination that can maybe add a little bit of a different look? Dare I say maybe a little explosiveness in Evanston? Exactly. A little bit of explosiveness, a little bit of that juice. Yeah, he could <laughs> yeah. definitely do that. Um, yeah. And, and Henning's a guy that has been a great returner for Michigan in his career there, right? He could take it to the house. Uh, kind of reminded me a lot of Desmond Howard in the return game. And Ooh. I think I think he left Michigan because he kind of got caught in the shuffle a little bit, right? He was looking for a place where he could play. And this is where he can really utilize his talents, right? You have a quarterback that's a veteran guy that's, that's been around, that's played games. And like you said, it's kind of a, a lot of comparisons to a, to a Tyler Scott, a shifty guy, quick guy. And this could be a very good situation for both of them. Brian coming in here, a guy that, that, can, that can get the ball down the field, not afraid to, to take some shots here and there. And then also Cam Johnson from Arizona State, uh, the transfer mm-hmm. as well. So those are two guys that, that Northwestern are going to be relying on, especially with Ben Bryant there. So I feel a lot better about their transition with a guy like Ben Bryant as a quarterback. Yeah, Cam Johnson transfer from Vanderbilt, then to Arizona, now to Northwestern. Got an opportunity here, right, especially with Malik Washington transferring over to Virginia. There's a lot of spots to fill on the outside of the numbers there. And and I'm with you on Ben Bryant. I think he deserves the first shot, right? When you look at Holinsky, I think he, he passed for over 750 yards combined in the first two games last year fell off the mat as you started getting more into conference play a little bit so I think you're bringing in Ben Bryant for a reason and that reason is to hopefully put up some points and obviously they got to average more than the 13.2 points they scored last year Corey they have to exactly and and both in eastern Michigan and Cincinnati he put up some numbers there which which is great to see so I think for that for that fact like I said I'd be surprised unless Alinsky really made a push uh, towards the end uh, to, to be a starter, I, I would be surprised. Yeah, so in tandem with that, um, let's talk a little bit about that offensive line in the running game, right? I mean, the Wildcats, yeah. I mean, you know, they only won one game last year, but they had several guys that got drafted the NFL. So, I mean, you know, there's talent on that roster. And now in comes Cam Porter coming off a little bit of an ACL. He's probably going to get first crack. Uh, you've got the bruiser like Anthony Tyus the third. But yep. again, again, drafting Skaronsky into the NFL, right? A lot of replacing exactly. parts in the offensive line. Evan Hall. I mean, can, can, yeah, can, Evan Hall off to the NFL. So can this be a strength? You know, give us a scouting report on Cam Porter and what yeah. do you think about that aspect of the game? 
Yeah, no, I, I really like what he's done over his career. He got banged up last year, but I, I look for him to be the feature back this year. I look for him to really take that next step. Um, the offensive line is tough because they've graduated a lot. Uh, Caleb Tierman, he's the, he's the veteran guy at right tackle. Other than that, they are pretty young up front. So this this could be a little bit up and down. And and the one great part, especially if you got a guy like Ben Bryant, right? He's a guy that that knows the checks, knows the hot calls. He can be able to get it out mm. based on you know what the defense is giving, right? The blitzes, the looks. Um, so that for that reason, I think Ben Ben Bryant will play, and I think it'll help that younger offensive line. But I look for them to really rely on that run game. Cam Porter, he can really be a force in there. He's shown throughout his career. He was kind of behind Evan Hole last year. Um, but I look for him to have a, have a really big year because they're going to rely on him and then work on that play action because a quarterback's best friend is the running game and then the play action off that. Is it fair to say across the board, offense, defense, the players on the field, the talent is better than last year? Is that fair to say? Yeah, it's, it's it's definitely fair to say, you know, with the with the exception of of uh, Skaronsky and uh, yeah, yeah, Adabari, you know, th- those are those are those are two but, but, tough yeah, ones. Across but at, across the board, right? Yeah, yeah, across across the board as as a total roster, you know, I I think there definitely is more talent, especially at the wide receiver position. I'm I'm really excited about that. Um, really excited about what the linebacking core and the secondary can do. But I think overall. What it comes down to, what Northwestern has really struggled these past couple years is number one with the quarterback, right? Consistently scoring offensively and then defensively being able to stop the run and get consistent pressure. So either way, they're going to have to dial up the blitzes uh, defensively, I think. I think that's going to be the key. But first and foremost, stopping the run, right? Because when you can get into third and medium and long situations, then you can really capitalize on that pass rush and the blitzes. This was X's and O's here on Wildcat Playbook Podcast right here on the Beyond the Big Ten. Uh, Let's move over to our next segment, Corey. This one is called Scouting Report. Now, every single week, we're going to give you Corey's keys to a victory um, for the Northwestern Wildcats, and hopefully there's more Mm -hmm. than a couple than there were last year. So I think in this one, Corey, I mean, I just want to talk about maybe a little about the season as as a whole and, you know, as Mm -hmm. a former um, as a former member, as a former alumni there. Um, if you want to take us a little bit into like kind of what's going through maybe the minds of the players right now after everything that's been going on this off season, um, yeah. you know how what do you think's going through their minds right now? And do you think Northwestern? I'm not saying Big Ten title, okay? Yeah. But obviously the over under right now is 2.5, which is disrespectful mm-hmm. as it gets yep. um, for yep. any university. You know what do you see for this season for this team, and what do you think that they can com- accomplish and maybe surprise some people? Man, I'll tell you what, Northwestern. When you don't expect anything from them, that's when they end up. That's when they win win games. And and this could be that year. I'm I'm not saying is is it's going to be a for sure thing. But you just got to think about this, right? The guys that've been on the team, they've been dealing with this whole hazing scandal. Um, you know, their 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 coach gets fired. They're they're wondering, okay, guys are gonna leave. Or what's going on? You know, you're worrying about all that other stuff. Media is probably hitting them up out the wazoo. Um, they're they're trying to shield each other. They're trying to protect each other. And then, you know, all of a sudden, once training camp starts, they're probably just excited just to get back into football. So I think this for them is 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 a great thing. They're looking forward to the season. They were looking forward to training camp. They're they're ready to get going. And I, I think this could be a team that's really fired up because because of everything that's happened in this offseason. 
and they could be ready to go. I'm, I'm not saying, like you said, uh, they're not going to win a Big Ten title. At least I don't think so. But I think they, they will be very competitive in certain games. And it comes down to this. It comes down to the quarterback position and then defensively being able to stop the run. If they can do those two things, right, have a quarterback that can, that can help manage the games, extend the ball down the field, right, make good decisions, and a defense that can stop the run, I believe they can be in a lot of games. And, and you look back to when Northwestern has been successful, that's what they've done well. So I think these players, they've been through a lot, right? This has probably been one of the toughest times of their year, right? Um, with everything going on. So they are excited to get back to football. And I, I think every interview I've heard from anywhere from Bryce Gallagher to Xander Mueller, Cam Porter, they're ready to get back to football, right? And and I think everybody is. And I'm hoping that they can surprise some people this year because the guys have worked their tail off, right? Regardless of what happened and the accusations and all that, the guys have been working all year for this opportunity, right? At the at the at the snap of a finger, you, football can be taken away from you, right? So these guys know the opportunity they have, and they're ready to capitalize on. It. So Corey, they got a couple of things going for them in their favor, right? The first one is no Ohio, no Ohio State, no Michigan on their schedule. First off, that's a win. That's a huge win, right? Exactly. The second one that I found to be really interesting, and we'll get into the schedule in a minute, because obviously I think that there's a couple winnable games, especially when you're talking non-conference early on. But, Corey, I, I want to get your perspective on this because I found this stat to be crazy. And Northwestern, among all, all college football teams, actually is one of the biggest leaders in the country in this stat. Did you know over the last 26 years, Corey, ever since the Cardiac Cats, Northwestern Wildcats have been in 128 close games, which just means that a final score is within seven points or less as a final score. That is over 41%. Of wow. all the games that Northwestern has played the last 26 years has been that type of close game. I mean, I don't know. You know, I don't know if that's an attitude or philosophy. I mean, when you played there, I mean, did you yeah. guys feel that? I mean, obviously you've been in a lot of close games, but what you're talking about is exactly what that stat pours out is that Northwestern, good or bad, is usually in it. Exactly. I mean, I, I think from Randy Walker, my first year to even Pat Fitzgerald, like they stress the importance of finishing games, right? And and fighting to the last minute. And I think that's what Northwestern teams usually do. That's why they got the, the nickname, you know, the Cardiac Cats and whatnot, um, because they, they, they finish games, right? And they're in every game and they've had historic comebacks and things of that nature. So I think it's just the coaching. And I think that's a, a testament to the type of guys that you know, Northwestern recruits. Um, and yeah, I, I think, I think the, the, the main reason is conditioning, right? It comes down to conditioning. They're, the teams that can play good football in the fourth quarter are usually the teams that win. So let's just pull up the schedule here really quick. Obviously games where I think that they can be competitive in, uh, you got UTEP, you got Rutgers, Nebraska, Duke, Howard, um, so let's do it, Corey. Let's start planning some flags here. As I mentioned earlier, the over-under on this team is 2.5 wins. Yeah. They're 1-11 last year. Let's do it. So, Corey, give us a win total, man. What, do you, what are you thinking? What are you seeing? And, and, and what, are you, what are you saying is more importantly? What's the number, man? Yeah. I'm, I, you know, it's, it's a tough one because I've been going back and forth, right? Um, and I'm, I'm going to go – I'm going to be bold on this one, right? And uh, I'm going to say six wins this year. Oh, okay. Wins. Do you, do you have um, you them? Know, do you be, see where they are? Do you want to mark them? Mark them out? Like wh which ones? Yeah, do you yeah. Think? Let me let me pull up the schedule because I uh, yeah I put it up earlier and I got um, it. I got it for you too as well if you need. Yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, um, so obviously yeah. week one, week one they go they play at Rutgers, which is yep, the East I, game I instead that, of Ohio State. I, I think that's a win right there. Right. Uh, I think that's home, a win right at there. home against UTEP. I think that's a win right there. Uh, at Duke, which they played really tough last year. I think that's I think that's going to be a loss right there. Yeah, so that's two and one right there. Uh, they host Minnesota, another tough game. Minnesota gave them a hard time last year. I'm going to say that's a win. Nice. I love that. September 30th, Penn State at Northwestern. Penn State only beat them 17-7 last year for a 1-11 I'm, I'm team. They stayed in that game. I'm going to say it's okay. a loss. <laughs> you see how I was pitching that to you, and that didn't get very far. That's very fair, though. Uh, but the week after that is um, at home, Northwestern hosting Howard. Come on. Oh, that's, that's a win. That's a win. W, Wildcat Alley. Very loud yeah. that day. Uh, coming up the week after that, Northwestern at Nebraska. Matt Rule under the helm. Transition year for them. Again, another oh. win. Another game I think is winnable. I, I, I think that's a win right there. Right? Maryland at Northwestern yep, I, the week after? Uh, I'm, I'm going to say that one's a loss. Yeah. The, I did the Maryland podcast here on Beyond the Big Ten the other day with yeah. those guys. They called that an easy win. So we'll see what Ooh. happens. We'll see what happens when that comes around. Um, November 4th, Iowa at Northwestern. Now, here's the thing. A, at Wrigley Field, huge atmosphere, big opportunity. Yeah. B, if you look back over the last 20 times, Northwestern and Iowa get together, man. Those are bloodbaths, dude. Those could be exactly. – talk about close game. Those are low scoring. Yeah. Those are close games right there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it's a win. Iowa's our rival, and uh, Northwestern has usually played them really well. Like you said, at Wrigley Field, um, this could be a situation where, you know, I, Iowa, I never trust them, right, to be honest. Like, they're, they're ranked right now going into the season. Um, I, don't, I just don't know. I don't know about this. Um, I think this could be a win for Northwestern. So that's, that's what that puts me at four or five. I think you're at four right now. Are you uh, maybe at four? Yeah, you're at four right now. Yeah, you know, we'll see Iowa. You know, the whole thing is, can they score more than 10 points? Caden and McNamara, we'll see how all that goes. But I think that's going to be a really competitive game. Uh, The week after that, Northwestern at Wisconsin. I I, I don't think we we come up with that one. That one's going to be tough. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's that is. So I'm at, five, I'm, I'm at yeah. five wins total. That Wisconsin's you're at five wins a loss. right now. You're, yeah. Okay, yeah. Wisconsin's a loss. Purdue at Northwestern. Um, and then the la- to wrap it up, Northwestern at Illinois. So you think they can split and one of those two th- and get to six? Yeah, I think they'll win one of those last two and, and have six. I'm, I'm being bold on this one because I think they're just going to be so fired up and ready to play football because of everything they dealt with, right? Sometimes yeah. in certain situations, I think this will elevate their game, especially if they can get the quarterback situation figured out. If, if, if Ben Bryan can be a force in there, Cam Porter in the running game, I really think they can split with a lot of these teams that maybe it could go one way or the other. But I think the first game, they're going to come out ready to go. Because think about, like, all this you've been dealing with. You've been bottling it up, right? You can't even – they can't even really say what they want to say within the media. That's, that's just honest, right? Northwestern has told them, keep your mouth shut regardless of how you feel. And, and that's the truth of the matter, right? So they haven't been able to comment exactly what they feel about any of these situations. So they are fired up. They are ready to go. And, yeah, I don't think they're going to win a Big Ten title, but I think they, they might <laughs> surprise some people, Joey. Well, and here's the thing. We talk about all the time with sports cliches, you know, when you know, your back's against the wall, everyone's counting us out, that type of thing. This is an irrefutable fact, Corey. There isn't a single team on Northwestern schedule that isn't doing a pod or talking about in a locker room that is calling it an easy win against the Wildcats. 
And I think yeah. that for the wild, I think that's a dangerous place to be if you're a wild, if you're a player on one of these Wildcats teams, because every single week, not only do you have an opportunity, you know, to shock, not shock the world, but you know what I mean? Like really just kind of turn someone's season upside down and kind of punch someone exactly. in the mouth first before someone else gets punched. So, I mean, look, it'll depend a little bit on how that first month goes, right? I mean, we want to see Ben Bryant get off to a good start. Maybe as you mentioned, get a win or two. God, if you're sitting there two and one after three games, maybe you, maybe you can work with something and start to build a little more enthusiasm in the program when it, so much has been deflated over the summer. Yeah, Joey, think about it. They have to be honest, and uh, they have been the laughing stock of college football. Like yeah. wh- whether you, whether you want to admit it or not, or how people feel, it just is the memes, the 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 things on Instagram and social media. I mean, everybody has been talking about it. People have been making fun of them. People have been shaming the program, and um, I, I think the guys are going to be very fired up and and ready to go because at the end of the day. A lot of this is their their reputation, right? What they're trying to bring forward and show what Northwestern can do. So, you know, it's unfortunate the way everything, you know, went down. Um, but I think they're ready to get back to football. So, Corey, at this time, look, I feel like we have just a bit of a responsibility to just talk about it for half a second. And this is mm-hmm. how I want to just yep. kind of frame it to everyone listening is that, look, as news happens throughout the year, uh, we will have an obligation to talk about it as news comes out. I also want to preface that by saying that I'm not a lawyer and Corey isn't a lawyer either. So the fact that, you know, if we don't have some sort of strong opinion one way or the other on it, um, because suddenly this is getting very complex and nuanced and these are people's lives and a lot of people have been deeply affected by this emotionally and mentally. The fact that we might not be able to speak on that, you know, shouldn't necessarily have to be our responsibility. Everyone feels this need to have some sort of opinion on everything. Mm -hmm. And we're going to try and keep it to the facts. And honestly, we want to really focus on the players this year. And that's the respect and and attention that they deserve. But Corey, as you just mentioned, as a former alumni, by someone who's so proud to wear that purple, to go to the events, to represent the -hmm. program, just, you know, what has it been like? What has it been like for you? to have have you go through this a little bit and not and I, look I'm trying to pick and parcel here now what happened to these players is is terrible and awful but we can remove that for a second and also talk about all the people that were so proud to be a part of the program like yourself and now for someone like you you have to answer for every experience that's ever happened at Northwestern football which in my opinion is kind of fair so yeah. you know for player former players like yourself going through it and when you say laughing stock man how does that feel, man? And how can that not, how can that not hurt you just a little bit? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it, it's tough, Joey. Um, because I've I've talked about it on on different different networks from six seventy to score, uh, you know, ESPN radio, like a bunch of different places, right? So so my thing is like this, right? I I've always said I can never discredit somebody's story at, at all about what what they're saying, what they're alleging. I just know I can speak from my experience, right? And I thought the team that I had at Northwestern, the guys in the locker room, we were a great locker room. I, I feel like the guys in the locker room really liked each other. And it was it was a lot of fun. That's the reason why I chose Northwestern, right? Um, because of the guys in the locker room. I, I felt like the guys were down to earth. Everybody kicked it with everyone. Um, so it's unfortunate, you know, especially when, you know, people report that, you know, it was racist locker room and guys on the team are racist. And it's unfortunate, right? I, like I said, I can't discredit anybody that I play with that's come out and said that, but um, I, I really enjoyed the guys. And I feel like everybody for the most part, really, really enjoyed each other, the experiences kicking it with each other. Um, 
And yeah, as, as an alumni, I always was so proud to go to Northwestern. The fact that I could balance academics, athletics, you know, when I got to the school and then what it became when I left, it was like unbelievable to see two Big Ten West titles. And my friends and I, we were always like, we helped pave the way for that. And it was always such a proud moment, right? You you told somebody you go to Northwestern, like, wow, that's a great school. Wow, you play yeah. in the Big Ten. Um, it's a big deal. You right? must be it, smart. It, it's like a badge of honor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit here or there, you know? <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, it's just... It's, it's it's just like a weird feeling, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, when I tell people, hey, I went to Northwestern, oh, that hazing scandal, that's the first thing that pops up. Um, so it's definitely it's definitely unfortunate. And, and like I said, anybody that was affected by this in a negative way, my heart goes out to them and, and sorry for, for any instances that they felt this way or that way or anything that they've been through. But my thing is like, I can only speak about my experience and, and, and in the locker room, I, I felt like it was a good locker room. So, um, you know, I'm just hoping that the the people um, that experience any wrongdoing, they heal from it. And, um, you know, just going forward, um, you know, I think I know that the program is going to be run, um, you know, uh, in, in a way that, um, you know, really, really reflects, reflects the, the program positively. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just looking forward to the future. And, you know, time, time heals all like it, it really does. As time goes on, um, you know, things will start to fade a little bit. And, um, you know, I think the football program will be back to hopefully what it was, um, you know, a couple of years ago. Yeah, I, I really appreciate you sharing that, especially in that first episode. And I, I should also say I completely agree with you, nor should anyone discredit your experience too as well the fact that you had a good one the good and bad ones and yeah hopefully the the whole idea is that obviously you hope the program moves forward um everyone bonds together the program is better for it and look this isn't just northwestern football like we all have to do a little bit better um about how we treat each other as human beings on this planet and when we try and make someone feel lesser than or inferior to the other person um it's always going to be a problem no matter whether you're playing football or whether you're in business, whether it's your family or whether it's your life. And that's something that we can all get a little bit better at. Um, so I appreciate you taking that time, Corey. Um, we got just a couple more minutes here. We're going to do our final segment here. This final segment every single week is going to be called Word on Campus. Uh, I'm excited about this one, Wildcats fans. This is kind of when Corey gets an opportunity to kind of take you behind the curtain a little bit of some of his experiences, maybe take you inside the locker room, give you some insight. So what better week zero, Corey, than a Corey story uh, unlike any other man? You get to take your pick, dude. You can tell your recruiting story. I don't know, yeah. the first time you put on the Northwestern helmet, first time you ran through the tunnel, your first yeah. game. <laughs> uh, give us give us something, man. What comes, what comes to mind? Yeah, so I'll tell you about a funny story. So when I first came to Northwestern, right, I was probably around 6'6", uh, 230 to 40 pounds, I don't know, somewhere around there. And and most people are like, oh, 240, that's pretty big for, uh, you know, a, a defensive end. No, I, I, was, I was skinny. I had this long neck. Um, I had a neck. So everyone knows what their <laughs> neck size is because of collar shirts, right? I probably yeah. had a 14 and a half inch neck and it was long as can be. And um, everybody called me a brontosaurus. They called me Corey Soros when I first got on <laughs> campus um, because I had such a long neck. And, you know, the thing is, after my first year, I, I <laughs> believe it or not, I did have a neck injury. Uh, I got hit from the side, had a bad stinger. 
everyone said, oh, it's because your neck is. So all I did was neck exercises that that next off season. And uh, my neck went from like 14 and a half inches to about 18 and a half. Like literally doubled in size, crank out neck and and uh, and shrugs. And yeah, it was unbelievable. I went from about two two forty to about two seventy. And yeah, night night and day difference ended up starting the year. But the funny thing and people know this, not only football players, but everybody around campus, they used to post a picture of a brontosaurus with my head on it. My, my friend Todd Dockery, still my boy to this day, he did that. He started on Facebook and everybody, it blew up. They used to post it all around the locker room uh, in our in our dorm and everybody knew it. They called me Corysaurus. So yeah, in, in a locker room, guys played jokes and pranks on you. So everybody around the campus knew me as Corysaurus. And I just laughed about it. I'm a good sport, man. I, I don't mind on that. And um, yeah, that, that was a funny, funny time at Northwestern. And uh, yeah, that's, and the funny part is my boy put, you know, my head on that brontosaurus and then he put a uh, little bubble, a speech bubble, like, shut up. I'm still growing because the joke used to be, I'd sleep all the time. Anytime we weren't at practice or on the weekends, I would sleep like, you know, 12, 15 hours a day. Sometimes like I would sleep. And one time my, my buddy tried to wake me up and I told him, I was like, I'm still growing, man. Leave me alone. <laughs> and that, that was a joke because I, I grew, I grew a little bit over my career. So I probably went, yeah, I probably grew like a, another inch when I was at Northwestern. So, uh, yeah, people, people used to joke around about that and roast me about that. But Corey Soros was my nickname. Um, you know, people don't call me that anymore because uh, I'm a lot bigger now. But <laughs> that's that's the funny Northwestern story for me. Dude, I love a that you leaned into it, right? I mean, you leaned into it and you took it to the next level. And little did you know that your buddy probably when you went back to sleep, he got a tape measure out and he and he measured yeah. it and he went, "Oh my See? god, the, it actually the is next getting bigger and a half right now, man. <laughs> it actually, is growing." <laughs> yeah, um, but but yeah, dude, I, I came I love a long it. way. Hey, uh, trademark, trademark it. You, you know, you know what the funny thing is too. Um, so the the fact that like really you know they say college makes you a man really did in my case so i come to northwestern i'm this baby face looking you know people said like it was so crazy to see like such a big dude have this young looking face i look like i was probably 15 years old like people always used to joke around about that um and then by the time i left then i had like a little a little mustache Facial and goatee hair, going yeah. Um, so I really did become a man at, at Northwestern. So it's funny to see from my first year to my last year. And Hey, I've, I've always liked looking younger, you know, people still think I look younger. So I'm like, Hey, I, I'm fine with that. But yeah, had no facial hair and I guess people thought I shaved or something. No, I couldn't grow it. <laughs> uh, dude, you're years away from these little grays popping up in your beard and stuff. Oh, I got a bunch of grays, from... man. I got, I got oh, a, couple, you really? a couple ones right here. I got on the sides. I've had gray hair since I was a freshman. In high and in college, yeah. Oh wow, wisdom. We just call that wisdom at an early age, Corey. This is yeah, what we call. I don't know. That. It might be it's stress. Huh? Who knows, man? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got to get out of here. This was this was the first episode. This was the week zero episode of the Wildcat Playbook Podcast, right here on Beyond the Big Ten. My name is Joey Christopoulos. You can follow me at Joey Sports Guy. Uh, my man Corey is going to take us home in just a second. But thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. Uh, we got plenty more coming. We're going to be back every single week. Hang tight with us. We will have a specific release date where you can count on. Just look in your inbox and go, hey, let's get ready for the game each week. We're going to be recapping and previewing, having a great time. Um, this is the new digital platform for, for the Big Ten Network. 
uh, for the Big Ten Conference, excuse me. So make sure you guys come on back really soon. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in this episode. Corey, man, first of many steps. Uh, yeah. The games are just a couple seconds away. Uh, great show, man. Take us on home, and we'll see you soon.